0: And I want to kick off a brand new sermon series this morning at Walk Church that we're titling Relationships with Momentum. Go ahead and say it with me. Relationships with Momentum. Relationships with Momentum. And I'm excited about this series because uh, I think that this could maybe be wind in the sails for many people in the room, regardless of which relationship status you would put on a checkbox if you would say today I'm single or today I'm um, engaged or dating or married or divorced or confused, whatever that may be, there's a message in here for you. Uh, typically the month of February gets categorized as like a month that has to do with relationships, right? It's Valentine's Day coming up and um, hopefully you got you know, your eyes set on what you're going to do for that day or not do on that day. Um, Whatever that may look like for you, I just know that February seems to be that month that just has a few like little hearts and arrows and X's and O's and those little sweet tart candies, and it's about relationships, all right? So we thought, okay, let's go ahead and lean into the topic of relationships from the context of the Bible, and let's talk through what does the Word have to say about relationships, and how can we not just have relationships that exist, but have relationships with momentum, Uh, If anybody needs a refresher, in September of 2022, uh, we had our Walk Church seven-year birthday. and Amen. Yeah, thank you for the year. We love celebrating everything. We celebrate all types of things, and we celebrated seven years at Walk, and I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me a word for the next season, and that word is the word momentum. The simple definition for momentum means forward motion it's the picture of a baseball getting hit by a bat it's it's the picture of a train moving forward at high speed and my prayer has been it would be the picture of our, our church that our church would have a forward motion to it and don't get me started on all of the verses that say get past your past right that that god has not called us to live in the past that we're not moving backwards but we're lo- we're moving forwards with momentum we're not striving toward what was but we're striving toward what is Right, I love the the word that Pastor Vance Pittman preached last Sunday here at Walk Church. God's name is I am, not I was. Right, and uh, the I am come on is with us here, here today, and we're talking about relationships that have a forward motion, leaning progress. the 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 title is not relationships that are perfect. I can't tell you how to do that. Um, But I can give you some insights from the word on how to have relationships with momentum If you got all that say I got it it. if you're ready, say ready Ready. If you're hungry say let's eat Let's eat eat. father as we now prepare to eat from your word God speak to us Even right now, I just want to pray with you. Would you pray with me? Just say lord Lord, Speak to me me. I I need to hear you I'm ready Help me to focus In Jesus name. Amen. 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 I like it. Are we clapping for that prayer? Okay. Yeah. Someone's like, I needed that right there. I'm gonna clap for that. Um, The first installment in this sermon series, Relationships with Momentum, I felt like we had to start right here is a message that I'm titling Single with Momentum. Come on. Amen. Any single people in the house today? Oh, snap. Okay. Find the hands. That's your, you know, that's a match right there. You know, I didn't even ask you to do that, but the excitement was ready. You already got momentum. I can see. Single as a Pringle, ready to mingle. Amen. Come on. I like it. I like it. I like it. This is a message for you here today. Single with momentum. You like that one? Some of y'all thinking about Pringles now. Come on, focus. Focus. Single with momentum. And I want to talk to you today about single with momentum because this is a topic that Oftentimes, I feel like it's overlooked biblically. Um, is not the most popular subject to preach about, but it's a subject that's very real. You know, uh, over a hundred years ago, if you would have done just a, a data search, a poll search of just people and, and families in America, you'd have realized that 90% or more people were married or in a relationship. It was the culture that we lived in. People were Uh, Engaging in relationships at a much younger age people were getting married as teenagers families were starting if you were Divorced you got remarried very quickly. That was the culture and day That people lived in at that time if you fast forward to 2023 I recently read an article that was published that says it's almost even now As people whether they're in relationships or single. I don't say that to say it's good or bad I'm saying we need to talk about it (laughs) It's something that we should give some time to, and praise God, something that the Bible speaks to. How can you be single with momentum? Before we jump into more of the content of this sermon, I just wanna say right off the bat, for all my married folks in the room or for my dating folks in the room or for my engaged folks in the room, this is not a moment to check out. This is not a moment to listen for somebody else. Come on, every word of God proves true. And if you're you're a, a, a leader, then you're a learner. And there's always something that you can grasp and catch from the word of God that you can apply in your own life as well. And so my prayer is that you wouldn't think this isn't a message for me, but you would approach in this message as well, said, this is, I, I need to catch something from this as well. There's a principle in there. There's, there's a nugget that's gonna fall out of this sermon that I'm gonna need to apply in my own life. And I hope you can help somebody else with it as well, but I wanna encourage you to listen for you as well. If you got all that, say, I got it. I got it, okay, single with Momentum. I just want to go ahead and remind you of just a a few characters who are very real people in history that are highlighted throughout the Bible. And some of these people I really deeply love and learn from often. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is a man of God by the name of Daniel. Daniel was a leader in his time and history. He was exiled into a pagan culture, and yet he lived with a spirit of righteousness and honor and leadership. God continued to elevate Daniel for the spirit of excellence that was on him. He got thrown into a lion's pit, and he shut the mouths of lions through his faith, through his walk, through his integrity. Many scholars would say that it's hard to find anything of a stain on Daniel's life, which is which is wild because there's only one perfect person in the Bible, and his name is? Jesus. Come on, his name is Jesus. But, but Daniel, right, it's hard. He, he lived such a life of integrity. He wasn't perfect by any means, but it's hard to find those different stains on his life because of the way he lived. Another person that I love in the Bible is a guy by the name of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, known as the, the lonely prophet. He was a prophet who prophesied about God's word to God's people and how people need to come to repentance. He's known for a great verse in scripture, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Maybe you're familiar with this verse, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to to not harm you, but to give you hope and a future. Now, I'll just say, I love that verse. Sometimes it's taken out of context and placed on a coffee mug. Uh, The context in that verse that surrounds it is a lot more painful and messy This isn't a a, a sermon on that verse. it, It could be good. I just want to say that Jeremiah lived in some deep times and stood fast in his faith. I love the man of God by the name of Nehemiah. Anybody love Nehemiah? It's one of my favorites. If you've been a part of Walk Church for a while, you knew that we spent the last two years digging deep in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, this Guy was broken for his people, broken for his city. He was a revivalist. He wanted to be sent back to Israel to rebuild the wall and restore the dignity of the gospel and the faith in his city. And he risked his life to go and do that. I love Nehemiah's faith. If you turn the corner into the New Testament, you'll find this lady named Anna. And Anna was a worshiper. She was a prayer warrior. She lived inside the temple of God, waiting for the day that she would She would see with her own eyes the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And she waited and fasted and prayed and lived this life of godliness until one day came strolling in a young couple, Mary and Joseph, holding baby Yeshua, Jesus, right? And she sees baby Jesus and that was her lifelong mission and goal was to see him in person. And she was able to achieve that goal. And we read about it in Luke chapter 2, Another lady that I love in the Bible that gets a lot of flack is the lady named Martha. Um, Martha, she's dope. I love Martha. Let me tell you why. Because Martha was hospitable. Martha loved to serve. We give Martha a hard time because she loves to clean. All right, come on. We need to give Martha some grace, right? Now, shout out to Mary, too. She sat at Jesus' feet and listened, and that's the posture of a disciple, and I think we need that both, but we need them both, right? Martha was the one who invited Jesus in the first place, so we need to give Martha some love, but I love Martha's diligence. And she pops up throughout the Gospels as a faithful disciple of Jesus. Another person I love in the Bible is a guy by the name of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a beast. This dude lives out the prophetic calling on his life to not be the Messiah, but to be the one that would prepare the way for the Messiah. That John the Baptist would be the one who knows who he is and knows who he's not. He's not trying to be Jesus. He's trying to be the voice in the wilderness, that declares that Jesus is coming, and he even lives it, right? John has a bunch of disciples. He's baptizing, and then one day Jesus shows up on the scene, and John says, all you disciples are now sent to follow King Jesus. And I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes, but isn't Jesus humble? And he says, I'm gonna let John baptize me. Not because, you know, John's really special like that, or like I even really need to get baptized like that because Jesus isn't a sinner, but just to Demonstrate humility and to jump in line and relate with sinful people. And he gives John the honor to do such a thing. I love John the Baptist. Another brother I love in the Bible is, is, is the Apostle Paul. I mean, Paul is, he's a one of one, right? I guess we're all one of ones. That's a bad statement. But Paul, right, was formerly Saul persecutor of the church, wicked and evil in his ways, destroying and ravaging the gospel witness in his time, until one day in Acts chapter 9, he's blinded by the light. Jesus speaks to, to Paul on the road to Damascus. and says, why are you persecuting me? And he recognizes it's the Lord speaking directly to him. And Saul would then become Paul and he would turn from his sins and put his faith in Jesus and then be radically used by the Savior to plant churches. Wrote one third of the New Testament. He, he became a disciple. He preached the gospel to the Jews and to the Greeks. I love the apostle Paul. What a beast. Now, maybe you would say here today, what's the purpose of naming all of these people, Haydn? And I would say, what do all of these people have in common? I just gave you a list that wasn't even done, of some of the all-star biblical figures that were single with momentum, amen? What I want to encourage you with, just with that list, and I could have done a lot more, is that you can be single and make a difference, amen? You can be single and have momentum. I didn't just read you a list of different people in the Bible who were single, but game changers, amen? People that made a difference with their lives. And that's an important message for us today. And one of the reasons why it's important is because the longer I'm in ministry, the more I hear people that are single mope around and see their singleness as a burden rather than a blessing. Or see their singleness as a man, woe is me. Or maybe it's a, I'm looking forward to this one day who I could become one day rather than embracing who you are right now. Like I'm so grateful we don't read in the book of Nehemiah and Nehemiah heard about this wall that had been burned down. And then Nehemiah just said, you know what? One day I hope the Lord sends me a family who could one day go with me to go. No, Nehemiah's not even thinking about a family. And I think in our ways, we got to reprogram our minds. Is he wrong for that? No, he's single with momentum. Amen. Now I'm just jumping ahead real quick. Uh, Next week, we're going to talk about dating with momentum. I want to encourage you to be there for that. And I think it's going to be helpful. And then after that, we're going to talk about Married with Momentum. Then we're going to do a marriage conference. And it's going to be a great conference for people that are in relationships or married. And you can jump in and, and grab some really practical tools and tips at the end of February. But today, you, you made it for the Single with Momentum message. Amen? And so I'm, I'm hopeful that you can grab some of the content and wisdom that's found in this. At very minimum, just off me reading that list, you can be single with momentum. You can be if you agree with that, say, I agree. I agree. Uh, some, some of you just needed to, yourself to hear yourself say that. Sometimes we think, you know, it's that idea the grass is greener on the other side. You know what I'm talking about? In pastoral ministry, I'll just go ahead and say it. Sometimes you hear single people say, you know, Pastor Hayden, like, pray for me. I just really feel like this is my momentum season and God's going to bring me a spouse. And if I could just get married and just have the white picket fence and just have the the, the green lawn and a beautiful family, then I will be happy. And then you talk to people who are married and got the fence and got the lawn. And they're like, hi, if I could just be single, then let me just go ahead and speak to both. The grass is greener. Come on, y'all know where you water it. Both people are thinking that it's somewhere else. It's, it's, it's here and now. If you embrace your season, if you recognize, you know what? I, whatever season the Lord has you in today, you can have momentum, forward motion. I want to talk to you how you can be single with momentum today. I just have three quick points out of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let me go ahead and put up this one verse. We're just going to lean into this one verse. First Corinthians 7 verse 7. Now Paul's writing to the Corinthian church. Um, it's a local church in the city of Corinth, and Paul writes these words. He says, I wish, come on, let's read it together. I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another y'all got to do better reading out loud with me. That was kind of like, you know, that was, yeah, Like I don't know if I even want to read this verse right now. The Apostle Paul, in a very startling way, he's writing to the Corinthian church, breaks through and he begins to talk about relationships. And I love it because this is a letter that I think we can all learn from. If you get time, maybe consider reading through 1 Corinthians. This church was so jacked up, they got two letters. They got 1st and 2nd Corinthians, but I love the Corinthian church because they said, we're not going to lean on our own wisdom. We're going to write a letter to our leaders and say, how do we do relationships? The people in the Corinthian church were confused about how to actually be married to one person, and they were confused about how to live sexually pure lives, and they were confused about how to do dating, and they were confused about, you know, who should preach, and who should sing, and how do we do communion? I love that Brandon just taught a, a, a session on, a devotion on the wisdom to the Corinthian church. And here the Apostle Paul jumps into some relationship text and he says, when it comes to relationships, I wish that all were as I myself am. Let me, let me read it to you in the NLT translation. I like how the New Living Translation translates it. It says, but I wish everyone were single just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. Paul is writing to the Corinthian churches and he says, honestly, if I could give you my preference, my preference would be that you would join me in the single group. Because ain't nobody telling me what time I had to be home. And next week, I'm going to Spain. And after that, I'm going to Rome. And I'm preaching the gospel. And if I go to jail, I'm not tripping. I don't got nobody to provide for but myself. And I'm going to lead. And I'm going to preach. And I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to keep flowing. Paul says, I wish you could be like me. But we don't hear that. You step in the Christian bookstore, it's like, boom, marriage section. Here's all the books to solve your problems. Little corner, single section. Why is that? Especially for the single person that's like, I, I, I'm supposed to get married so I can jump into this section? Seems like a lot. What I'm trying, be careful, (laughs) a lot, elbow, (laughs) be careful, I'm not setting you up, listen to me, be encouraged, I'm talking about Paul saying, wish everyone were single, just as I am, now, in context, in context, you'll find the other verses that we're going to get in on, Paul doesn't condemn marriage, dating, uh, by any means, in fact, we'll find that those Uh, are seen as a gift as well. But here we're talking about this and I want to give you three quick tools, quick points. Really what they are is their mindsets on how you can have singleness with momentum. Point number one, single and saved. Single and saved. My encouragement to all of our single people in the house today and to all our married people in the house today and whatever category you're in is be saved. (laughs) In other words, get to know Jesus first. Because if you're single and saved, listen to me, you're never as single as you think. That spoke to about three people over here. Let me say it over here. If you're single and saved, you're never as single as you think you are. Amen. I, I just want to encourage somebody online as well. Look, if you're single but you're saved, oh, my friend, take hold of your identity in the gospel And be reminded again of all the good things that come with Christ. Everything you need is found in him. Hear me on that. I want to be very, very clear. That if you have him. We we just sang that song. I don't know if you really sang it like you meant it. Christ alone. Cornerstone. Weak made strong. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. How we, ta- how we, I think, sometimes sing it in our culture is, I think, in our Christianity, I think sometimes we say, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and my spouse. <laughs> and that's not what it says. I just want to speak that over somebody. You, you could really get into this false dichotomy, mentality, ideology that, you know what? If I have Jesus and then I get a spouse, ooh, then my hope will be secured. And I just want to tell you, that's not how the song goes. Don't make your spouse your cornerstone. Come on, amen? Don't do it. My hope is built on nothing less in Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And then he goes on to say, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. That's not to devalue or to demean anybody else. It just shows that, hey, when it comes to my hope and my trust and my identity, it's not built on another person other than Christ himself. So stop putting your spouse in the Savior's position. That's why they're failing you so, oh, I'm in the married sermon, my bad. Let me... Let me jump back into the single sermon. Single and saved. I wrote some notes down. I just did some bullet points. Some things that you may look for in a relationship. When you're in a relationship, what are some of the different characteristics you may want to look for? Here's some that I wrote. I put the word faithfulness. And then I was reminded of a scripture that says, when we're faithless, God is faithful. I wrote down the word faithfulness. Comfort, and I was reminded of the Holy Spirit's nickname, the Comforter. Helper, Helper, it's who the Spirit of God is. Companionship. Can I just tell you that Jesus is the one that sticks closer than a brother? That Jesus is the one that sticks closer than a sister? I would even tell you today, my wife Nina knows me the best. Um, until Jesus. Nobody knows me like him. Nobody knows my, when I, when I was a, a, a newborn baby, even in the womb, Jesus knew me. He knows my tomorrow. Single and saved, you got the one you need, brother, sister, teenager, a person who just got divorced, older adult, whatever. Be single and saved. You, you, you have the one. You need closeness, trust, all the different words you want to put. Love. Who, got, who has that agape love like Christ? The love that says, I'm not basing my love off feeling. I'm basing my love off choosing. Jesus chooses to love us today, regardless of who we are. Jesus, In spite of our sinfulness, Jesus still says, I love you anyway. Deal with it. Receive it. No, no, stand under the waterfall of his love until you start to feel fresh again. That is the gospel that we believe and it's not something that you do to earn it. It's something that by faith you believe it. Because Jesus paid the price and sometimes we treat him like a side piece and we, and, we, and, we, and we begin to romanticize a relationship here on earth as the main thing. So can I just order a spouse who is all focused on me and a little sprinkle of Jesus, then I'll have everything I need. And, and I'm just telling you, you got it backwards. You're going to be married with dysfunction. You're going to be dating and depressed. Or you can be single with momentum. I'm saying, I'm, that's where you need to be. I want to talk to you about that. You know, there's a variety of different scriptures. You know, in, in fact, Brandon, he just shared one in his communion talk that I thought was so, so helpful. And I, I, In the book of Isaiah, just talking about how God is referring to himself as a husband. So interesting that God chooses to declare who he is, right? Your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name and the Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. The God, the whole earth he is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife, deserted and grieved in spirit, like a wife of youth when she is cast off, says your God. But we don't see them like that, single friends. Be single and saved and be single and secure. Be single and encouraged here today of who our God is. There's different scriptures like in Revelation 19 gives you this picture of heaven where John gets taken up into this prophetic view of holiness and heavenliness and he begins to write down what he sees in eternity and he talks about how jesus comes down like the husband and the church comes up like the bride and we're a perfect match with the savior can i just tell you nobody's going to be married in heaven just go ahead and soak it in right now and i think that you should love your spouse deeply romantically passionately securely Sacrificially, and you won't be married in heaven. In heaven, you're gonna be single with momentum. In fact, no, you're, you're gonna be connected to the bride, you're gonna be connected to Christ, and it's gonna be great. I wanna say, like, don't hear me say, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be sad and great. And Nina and I love marriage. We do, but we know it's not everything. He's everything. He, he's eternally everything. And so the, the more you can get single and saved right now, the closer you feel like heaven. I'm going to say it. And that is not to devalue any other relationship. I'm not saying you need to necessarily go backwards. I'm saying that you need to go forward, momentum, and do it the right way way john chapter 3 jesus again is declaring i'm the bridegroom i'm the i'm the husband right the one who has the bride is the bridegroom the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice therefore this joy of mine is now complete john the baptist declaring who jesus is as the bridegroom single and saved that's a real concept it's not just like a piffy statement here at church it's a real biblical idea Take hold of it and be encouraged. And find grace and find freedom in that everything you need in a relationship you already have in the Savior. I just wanna encourage you with that. And you might even say to me today, well, I don't know, Pastor Haydn, what about, what about joy and pleasure? I wanna get, I want, I want joy and I want pleasure. I love this verse from King David, a man after God's own heart, in Psalm 16, verse 11. David declares, you make known to me the path of life. He's not talking to his, one of his many spouses. David did not get it right on a lot of ends. Let me just say that. He's talking to the Lord. He said, no, Lord, I've blown it so many times. You make known to me the path of life. My path has led to a lot of sin, a lot of sadness, and a lot of death but you make known to me the path of life. David, who had sexual sin flings with a lot of different ladies would say, it was actually in the presence of God that I found fullness of joy. It was actually at his right hand that I found pleasures forevermore, better than the pleasures that were on this earth that were short-lived, temporary, and fleeting. Take it from David that everything you need, I wanna encourage you, is in the Savior that's true for everybody in this room today. Let me give you point number two. Point number two is single and gifted. Single and gifted. Friend, I want to encourage my single folks in the house to be single and saved and single and gifted. In other words, see your singleness anew. In other words, see it differently. See your singleness from a new posture. What does the word anew mean? Let me define it for you. Anew by definition is a new or different and typically more positive way. We need that, especially in Christianity. I think culturally we need that, but I think the culture may be even ahead of the church. Because, you know, it seems like the culture is um, advocating more for singleness more and more. I think that just we need to have a balance. It's like almost like if you go to church and you're plugged in and you ain't married, you can start to feel less than. You're not. You're single and gifted. You're single and gifted. you like, hear me say that. I see, I hear some claps on the back. They didn't make it up front. Come on. You're single and gifted. See it in a positive way. Brother, sister, see it in a positive way. Let me give you the um, 1 Corinthians 7, 7. Sometimes I like to look at the message translation. The message translation is not my preferred Bible reading a translation to read from because it's not a word for word literal translation. It doesn't go back to the original Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic to do literal word for word, but it does give a great paraphrase in thought for thought. Does that make sense? If not, let's have a theological discussion afterwards with Pastor Mike. All right. First Corinthians 7-7. Sometimes, I, I will, I'll visit the message because it, it speaks in real-time language to help you understand the passage, and I think that's a good thing. Sometimes, I wish everyone were single like me, Paul says. A simpler life in many ways. I thought I was going to get a chuckle out of that one. (laughs) It was like a a fake chuckle in there. (laughs) Some of y'all, come on, give me a real one. Sometimes I wish everyone were single like me. A simpler life in many ways. But celibacy is not for everyone any more than marriage is. God gives the gift of the single life to some, the gift of the married life to others. In other words, the thing that is is speaking to me in this text is the word gift. Paul is identifying single or married, both are gifts from God. But too often we see marriage as a gift and we see singleness as a curse. Oh man, guess I just got to be single. The gift of singleness. (laughs) It's like a horrible horrible sentencing from god it's like no 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 paul didn't see it that way john the baptist didn't see it that way nehemiah didn't see it that way martha didn't see it that way jeremiah like there's a lot of people who went there's a lot of pastors and leaders and missionaries like amy carmichael who took the gospel ferociously to india or john stott the great english theologian who wrote many commentaries on the new testament that we still look at today and beyond who said you know what i'm single and i'm i got momentum and don't feel bad for me. I see this in Paul here in verse 7. He says, see your singleness anew. See it as a gift, not a curse. See it as a blessing and not a burden. I I read this quote from John Stott, who I just mentioned, um, was reading some of his works. The great English pastor and theologian, says, single people experience the great joy of being able to devote themselves with concentration and without distraction to the work of the Lord and there is much work to be done. In other words, uh, some, some, one of my single folks, I think, just clapped. <laughs> um, there's much work to be done. You ex- experience the, gr- the great joy of saying, hey, I don't got anybody telling me about where my money goes. I'm not sharing a bed with nobody. I'm not sharing bills with nobody. I'm locked in and focused on my journey. I'm not sharing a fridge with nobody. Somebody amen that, right? <laughs> Somebody with roommates is like, amen. Ugh, stop drinking my milk. <laughs> it's like, I'm speaking to college students. like Devote themselves with concentration and without distraction. I, I, I read this quote from uh, Pastor Dr. David Platt, I love Platt's writing on this topic. Again, this is a married man with several kids and Platt's saying, don't see singleness as a negative, see it as a gift. Here's what Platt says. He says, what could it be, brother or sister, that in singleness, your greatest impact for the kingdom of God will come not in spite of your singleness, but precisely because of your singleness? That quote messed me up. said, Actually, your greatest impact for the kingdom would happen, not in spite of your singleness. Ah, fine. But precisely because of your singleness, I just want you to to see it as a gift. A gift from the Lord that you can open up and you can find something that's good. This is not a gift that you open and you're like, oh, this is a re-gift. Or this is a gift that I don't necessarily... This, this is like last year's Super Bowl hat. Like, I was a new year. It's like, wait. You know, why? Give me a new gift. Can I just tell you? Look, look at this verse from James chapter 1, verse 17. Jesus' brother James says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. What am I, what's, my, what's your point? My point is this. If it's a gift, it's good. If it's a gift from God, it's a good thing. So if you happen to be in a season of singleness, see it as a good thing. See it as a gift from God for whatever reason. It's something in your season that God's calling you to steward for his glory and your good and the good of people around you. It's a new way to see it. It's a new way to think about it. And I think it could help you have momentum. Let me give you the last point. Last point is single and proactive. Single and proactive. So I think if you want to be single and have momentum, be single and saved. Jesus first. Recognize that you're gifted. Your singleness is not a curse. Your singleness is a gift, right? Finally, be single and proactive. Steward your season is what we wrote down. Steward your season. What does it mean to be proactive? Let me just define it. We're almost done here. The word proactive by definition, we'll read it off the screen, creating or controlling a situation by causing something to happen rather than responding to it after it has happened. Let it sink in, meditate on it, Come on, let's read it again. Come on, read it with me. Ready, set, go. Creating or controlling a situation by causing something to happen rather than responding to it after it has happened. This is a word for everybody in the room and, and specifically I'm placing it in the category of a single folks here to start being proactive today. Don't, don't deactivate yourself in your singleness. Oh, I'm single and I'm sluggish. I guess I'll just wait on the Lord and hopefully with my fingers crossed, he'll send me the right. No, no. Be proactive today. Get better today. Get in the word today. Get to church today. Amen. Open your Bibles today. Pray today. Start working on yourself today. Brush your teeth today. Come on. (laughs) Get generous today. Start working it out today. Steward your season has anybody ever heard of the the concept the law of attraction it's like this idea like the law of attraction like who you are is who you'll be attracted to or, or 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 who you are is who you'll attract is that that concept that's the idea i think it's something that the church and i'll just say for our church that i think could help everybody who's single in the room today sometimes i'll talk with people and they'll be like man pastor hyden bro I'm single and I'm ready to mingle. And, you know, I want this, I want, here's my prayer, Pastor Hyde. I want this girl, man, you know what I'm saying? I want her to have the Coca-Cola bottle shaped body and I want her to like have perfect teeth and, you know, I want her to like work out every day and like, and and then I'll be like, bro, you ain't been to the gym in five years. Why would she want you? She, the law of attraction says she is going to probably find somebody that don't look like you, bro. So get proactive. If that's I hear ladies and be like, they'd be like, man, I want a man of God. I want a man of God. Like, I want him to like lead our household in the word. And I want him to like take us to church. And I want him to be like, you know, be this like man of God leader. And like, like, yo like with all due respect, like you come to church like once a quarter. So why would you, you know where you're going to find that guy? There. The guy that, the guy that's at church every week is there. You got to get there. I really want somebody to like pray with me. Do you pray? Like, because if you start praying, you might find people that are praying. If you like to work out, go find some workout people. You know what I'm I just think that, that you gotta start to become the person that you, for my people, my single people in the room that would say, yes, I'm single and I'm saved. Yes, I'm single and I'm gifted. And yes, I'm looking for the right person. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you don't get the order backwards. If the order is I'm, I'm single and I really want the right person and it's kind of a gift and I thank you, Jesus, that I'm saved nonetheless. If that's your ordering, you're gonna be miserable. And you'll make that spouse or that person an idol when Jesus was the Lord the whole time. You don't need to do that. But if you're looking for somebody, Amen. If you're looking for somebody, the law of attraction says start start being proactive. If like start being about it today, and what will happen is you'll have to you'll 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 end up being less reactive later. I'm not going to get too much into the future sermons of dating with momentum and married with momentum because there's going to be some things you can apply in that to help spur on momentum in your relationships. But I'm saying if you get proactive uh, today and you start being the leader that you want to date, like would you want to date you? It's a good question. Like do you hold the door? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like are you generous? Are you on time? Are you... Do you listen well? Like, I don't... I mean, start practicing all these things. Get, get active with it. Somebody say, get active. Get active. I'm tell, talk, talk, tell us the person that say, get active. Get active. Get, active. <laughs> get proactive. Yeah. Look, listen. If all we are is reactive, we typically react wrong. Our, our, our sinful nature and our flesh, if we just react, we'll tend to say the wrong thing. We'll tend to react the wrong way. But if we start training ourselves for godliness if we start getting proactive in our discipline, if we start making the right decisions now, then maybe we'll be ready. And you'll end up attracting the person that has momentum too. Yeah. You got double momentum. Oh man, you're moving fast and furious for the Lord and his glory. That, that, that's, my, that's my prayer. And, you, and, and it can happen. I I conclude with that, you know, that, that just, 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 just hear me on this. Hear me on this. It can happen. It can happen. I want to speak specifically to the single folks in the room. I'm speaking to somebody. I'm not thinking of anybody in my head, but I'm speaking to somebody here in the room or watching online who recently got divorced. And now you think your life is over. And you think your identity, which was once found in your marriage, is now less than. Or maybe your kids are grown and they're no longer in your home and you're just Jew. I'm thinking of the person who's in their 30s and they're thinking, man, everybody else has already gotten married now. The only people that are left are people that don't, I don't want to be with. You know, just like, I, I, just, I guess this is my life. And then I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of the single people that have said, you know what? Oh, but I want to explore. I really do. Like, I want to explore the world. I want to explore all the sexual desires that are in me. I just, I want to like, I want to test everything. And I just want to, I want to figure out who I am and find myself. Can I just tell you to take it from the Savior himself, take it from the virgin Jesus. Ooh, he didn't need nothing else to be all who he was. Take it from Jesus who didn't need to entertain flings and sin in order for him to be effective and have fullness of joy. He didn't take it from Nehemiah who doesn't need to turn over every sexual stone to just kind of see what it's all about in order to feel himself, in order to have purpose, in order to have a life that matters. No, no, no. I see these people, men and women, with momentum. Not looking back and not feeling sad about it. So, church, I just want to encourage you today, amen. You can do it and you can smile while doing it. You can be single with momentum and not have to apologize for it, not have to explain, tell your friends that keep trying to set you up, stop setting me up. I'm fine, I'm good. I'll set up when I'm ready to set up. Right now, I'm making moves. I got momentum. Look at this verse. One more verse, one more verse, one more verse. First Corinthians 7, and it's in the 30s. Paul continues, he can't get away from this topic. Right? It's like verse 32, he says, "I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about the world he thinks, how to please his wife." He's saying not a bad thing. It's just you got to figure it out says, and his interests are divided. The unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. doesn't say that's a bad thing. He never says it's a bad thing. He just says, you got to figure it out. You're divided. And you're trying to honor the Lord because you got to honor the Lord with your marriage. You got to honor the Lord with your dating. You got to honor the Lord with your singleness. You got to honor the Lord, Amen. That's my prayer for us. Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you that Single with Momentum was modeled first by you and that you never needed another thing in order to be you. Jesus, I pray that this would be a word for somebody here. And God, if there's anybody who's here today that maybe is single or maybe is in a relationship but is not saved, today would be your day to get saved. There's never been a moment where God's loved you any more than right now. Right now. Receive Him right now. By faith, you can just call upon His name, open your heart, and just say, Jesus, I believe. I don't have all the answers. I struggle. I'm a sinner. And I believe you're my Savior. You're the one. I turn away from my sins. I repent. And I turn with faith to you, God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose for me. I believe. Give me momentum with your power for your glory. I give you my yes. I give myself to you, Lord. Trust you with it all. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.